Welcome, Neil Bradley, to the For Those Who Inquired podcast. I'm your host, Edward Marlowe. We are in studio this lovely Thursday morning and a live basketball game going on right in front of our eyes. It is. It is alive. It's live. We're keeping up with the Lady Marshals of Marshall County in the first round of the 2021 KHSAA, I believe it's the Mingua Beef? Mingi. It's pronounced Mingi. Mingi. We were we went through that last year because I, I was working it last year and we just had it right in front of Mingi Beef Jerky. Mingi Beef Jerky, KHAA Sweet 16, and again with 6:51 to go, Marshall County up 42-36. Not shooting the ball particularly well in the second half. Three for 15 from the floor, 0 for three from the arc. Now three for nine from the charity stripe. Speaking of that, half. Uh, what that what the heck's up with beef jerky prices? I went to buy some on a road trip, normally like five, six bucks. It was like eleven dollars for a bag of beef jerky. Wow, it's insane. Crazy. I thought, well, maybe I got the wrong brand. They were all about that price. It's gone through the roof. That's crazy. So, uh, you know, congratulations on whoever's making the money on that. And it's yummy. I, I love beef jerky, but my oh my! Now you got to really enjoy it. It 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 really has, uh, has. You can get you a steak for eleven bucks. It, I know, I know. I mean, seriously, why get a jerky? Why get jerky when you can just get steak for 11 bucks? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It may not be the greatest steak, but you can get a steak for $11. True, true. It's, it may not be like high-quality steak. Yeah. Yeah, it's not not that bad. Speaking of high-quality steak, there's some high-quality steaks this Sunday. Yes. <laughs> when Murray's State. No, that's yes. all I got right yeah. there. High-quality steaks when Murray State football hosts Jacksonville State. But I don't want to jump the gun. We'll get to the high-quality stakes there in a moment when we've got two ranked teams for an OVC championship. Been 20 years since that's happened. You know, uh, I was looking back, and I, I, I thought that was a big deal when the Racers won back in 2002, but obviously it wasn't. I went to look. Nobody posted anything about it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, nothing. There's not one post about it. And then when I went back and tried to find out, I found out, oh, those – those had not been invented yet. Right. So that's how long ago it's been. Those, not only is like, well, could I go? Yeah, you can Google it now. You can Google it. But back it. then you couldn't Google it because Google, what they, they would have put you somewhere and like, what are you saying Google for? What does that mean? Uh, so none of those things existed back then. They did not. Also, there's no cell phone pictures because that year Sanyo came out with the cell phone camera on a little flip phone. And I'm sure the quality was horrendous. You could probably see. I think that's a shape. That might be a photo of something. But, I mean, none of that existed. And now, you know, comes this Sunday, people, oh, I'm here, I'm there, I'm this and that. It's it'll, the it'll food be. I'm eating. Exactly. It's all. It's all there. And uh, here's the gender reveal of my baby. There you go. And try to do it maybe without killing people. That would be awesome. Yeah. So, again, I don't want to jump too much of a gun but that's the situation that we're in right now that's you, you make a great point it's been 19 years actually yeah 2002 uh, when shane andrews booted it through the uprights to beat old tony romo and the eastern illinois panthers for an outright regular season ovc championship that was a hell of an eiu team hell of a racer team that made a great run under joe panunzio and uh yeah that's how long ago it's been that's how hard it is to win in this league number one it is but number two, uh, that's just how difficult it can be uh, to, to get into this type of a situation. And so where we are, this past uh, Saturday, we had Easter Sunday, so the racers played in Clarksville uh, for a key game that you and I talked a lot about last week. 
win this game, and you can be no worse than co-champion. Yeah. Lose this game, your destiny is still in front of you, but you want it to at least be a close loss, so that way you feel like there's still some season momentum here. Sure. And unfortunately, it's a close loss. Yeah. A last-second field goal from Austin P. and we'll break it down here for, for a few minutes, but great game. Great game. High-quality game. Two teams. I'd like to call it the old slobber knocker, maybe. Yeah. Really back and forth. Nobody really wanted to take advantage of big-time swings and momentum. A uh, lot of lead changes. A uh, lot of ties. But eventually, Austin P. came out with a win. Their defense got a three-and-out stop in the fourth quarter, and the racers couldn't get a stop. On that final drive especially, yeah. as Austin P. converted three third downs, and then, of course, the fourth downs where they kicked the field goal put together a monster drive, and the racers just couldn't stop him. That was the difference in the game. Everything else was basically dead even. I mean, this had overtime written all over it, and it didn't happen. Still, it was a, a, a fantastic game. The racers, I thought, played you know pretty well. Not their best defensive game, but uh, good. And then uh, offensively, very efficient. You know, they're the, they're the highest-scoring team in the league, of course, in terms of the scoring offense, some of that, of course, coming thanks to some defensive touchdowns as well. But uh, it was a fantastic game. It's the first time they've tasted defeat, but come on. I mean, they're going to play for a conference championship. And when the season started, Ed, I'm going to be honest. If you told me winning season, I'd have taken that. I'd have taken 4-2 and two and been totally delighted with it when the season started. Never even gave a thought about competing for a conference championship yes this team yet this team has done that they have been very resilient uh last week was the first week they haven't been able to force turnovers and to me that's going to be a major key this week they have to turn jacksonville state over and jsu's been a bit susceptible to that at times this season jsu also uh they're right next up from the bottom at getting the most penalties in the league but other than that that's it they have no weaknesses. They're in the top one, two, or three in virtually every good category. Yeah, going back to this Austin P game, you're exactly right with the whole wash situation. You had the racers who collectively ran the ball 36 times for 150 yards, three touchdowns, one from uh, Wither- uh, De- uh, Demonte Weatherspoon, which was a man yeah. touchdown. That was a man touchdown right there late in the game where he basically stiff-armed their top defender in Cordell Jackson, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. and took it into the left pylon. What a touchdown. Huge kind of momentum swing for the racers, and you think, okay, this is where it's going to happen. Two touchdowns again from Preston Rice. Uh, Rice, beyond effective, 13 for 20, 193 yards and a touchdown. Was extremely accurate. Uh, got the football in the right places. Didn't you know, There were no turnovers. Uh, by the racers. Uh, The tough part, something that we've seen from an identity standpoint for the racers this year is that they've done a great job enforcing turnovers, and they didn't get the chance to force one. Austin P was extremely effective in maintaining football control. They ran the ball 46 times for 220 yards and two touchdowns. Ahmad Tanner was terrific in critical situations, especially on second and third down. And Austin P had 26 first downs against the Racers, who only had 15. I felt like if there was any number you were going to circle and be like, oh, man, that that was it. Just just a, just a couple too many first downs by Austin P. They did a really good job when they were behind the chains. A couple three, third and 11s, third and 12s that you'd love to have back that, you know, 
I believe Jalen Ellis is their quarterback, their freshman quarterback. Draylen. Draylen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, terrific quarterback uh, play just for him, not only in that game, but the game prior when they beat Jacksonville State at Jacksonville State. So you knew coming into this game, they were playing some good football. You were going to need them to make a few mental mistakes. Um, just didn't seem to kind of get those. As a matter of fact, they opened the second half, if I'm not mistaken, with a, just a march drive in which Ellis kept the football and ran it in for a touchdown. Yeah, they had three plays, boom, boom, boom. Score. And I think that was the part where it was just like, okay, it's shell shock time. How are we gonna, you know, how are we gonna get through this type of situation? Um, great game. I like I said, a great game. I mean, I know it comes against a rival. I know it comes in a key, in a key situation where you know you'd love to have been six and zero, so that you don't have as much pressure on you uh, for this Sunday. But again, this is where I want to shift it uh, to to now. What you have this Sunday is an opportunity you've not had in two decades. Most of the players on this team were either infants or not born before the last time the Racers have had this kind of opportunity. And you and I have talked a lot about this over the last six years, Neil. There have been some important football games for, for, for Racer Athletics. I'm not yes. trying to take anything away from that. Yeah. You know, I, I can think of even two, three years ago when Drew Anderson was quarterback and the Racers started 4-0 and in OVC play and JSU came to town. How important that game was. And uh, JSU knew how important it was, too, because they put it away pretty quick early. Yeah. Uh, but that's the kind of situation, you know, Coach Hatcher, Coach Stewart, they've had some important games on their schedule, but I can't think of a time, I, I, again, since 2002, when a home game had this kind of magnitude and pressure around it, where a title, someone's walking away with a championship yeah. and a playoff berth this Sunday. Yeah, this, this is one, I mean, conferences dream of, having this when you don't have that conference championship right. East versus West where you play for the conference championship. Normally the schedule never works out that way. Normally there's a dud or two or you have the two teams playing away. This time you have them going head to head. And this is the way to decide it. There is no, well, this will have to happen. That this is I love this. Because there's going to be a championship trophy at the game and someone's going to take it. The racers will either take theirs into the locker room or Jacksonville State will put theirs on the bus, but it's going somewhere. Right, and uh, with it comes the automatic bid uh, to what is a tightened FCS football playoff picture in 16 teams. You and I have talked a little bit about this pre-show and a few other times. I don't really see a scenario where the racers make the at-large 16 team. They don't have a quality win based on the teams they're going to be going against for those at-large bids. Uh, the fact that they lost Austin B, they now have a loss against a 25th-ranked team. So that's a quality loss, uh, but th- I, I just can't see them getting in, especially with the narrow field. With an at-large field that's normal, your 24 teams, I think they would have a really legit shot. But if you had 24 teams, you'd probably have an 11- or 12-game schedule. So uh, it's kind of the way that goes. It's tough. And here's the deal. JSU comes in ranked 10th. Murray State comes in ranked 17th. Close game. Racers lose. They're probably still in the top 25, but again, they're only taking 16 teams, and there's already several uh, automatics that have already been delivered. Second of all, JSU, you were looking at this pre-show, Neil. They're really... The Gamecocks just don't have a lot of weaknesses. They, They really don't. There's not really a crack in the armor anywhere that tells me, oh, we have got to exploit this over and over and over. They are so consistently good, both on offense and defense. Uh, and you shared some of those numbers. 
Uh, they're first in almost every offensive statistical category. They're nearly first in almost every defensive statistical category. Where they f- favor themselves, I would say, where they kind of like look at that, like, uh, like this is kind of what I'm favoring. This is our weakness, our little Achilles heel. They're a little prone to penalties, and they're a little prone to turnovers. And if you can take those situations and exploit those, you know, that's somewhere the racers can maybe gain an advantage. But, yes. I mean, you can't. It's hard to gain an, an advantage in penalties. Jacksonville Stage needs to come in and play smart football. Yeah. Can't force a team into penalties. Generally, that is correct. Um, but you, you kind of hope if you're, you know, a Murray State fan, they make a couple, one maybe, or, hey, that's a third down stop. Oh, wait, it's a penalty. Converting the first down. That turns into a scoring drive. That's what you're looking to take advantage of. Uh, and they average a little over 70 yards in penalties per game. Conversely, the Racers, they're the second best and fewest number of penalties per game. They've done really well. And that's what I thought was an amazing thing last week. That high-stakes game against Austin P. they had one penalty. And they didn't turn the ball and over. No turnovers. That's, that's amazing. That's how you keep yourself in these ball games. Ball control, uh, poise at the line of scrimmage especially, where it can get the most chatty. Um, and, and in these key situations, it's how you find yourself in these ball games. It's how you find yourself in these chances to win. Um, Jacksonville State, it'll be easy to talk about their defense. I'm not even going to talk about their defense. I want to talk about their offense. Their quarterback, Zion Webb, has had a terrific season. And his top pass catcher, also NFL quality. There's been a lot of talk about guys like Zion Webb and Trey Berry, their tight end, going to the NFL. They came back to play this spring. Here's why because they knew they could come in and come away with a possible championship or an at-large FCS berth. Trey Berry doesn't have a touchdown this year. Uh, You mentioned has 23 catches, 359 yards, leads the team in in total receiving yards. He's a problem. He's a matchup nightmare. Uh, They do a really good job actually spreading the ball. They don't really have a Josh Pearson that's going to catch 70 balls for 1,000 yards. They they don't have that this year. It's just all been balanced. Uh, And the same with their rushing attack which is the best in the league. Yeah. So, uh, But the second best in the league, by what, so about an 80-yard margin difference, right, right. is Murray State football. Yeah. So you're looking at the two best rushing offenses, but the problem is JSU has one of the best rush defenses in the league, and Murray State has the seventh worst out of eight teams rush defense in the league. They've done a great job passing in passing defense, but I think where that's given up is they've given up the run, so to speak, uh, as they've been so aggressive at the line of scrimmage and the point of attack where blitzing has allowed other teams to run the ball effectively. Yeah, the Racers can't have a day where they're going to give up 225, 250 yards in rushing. Can't happen. Uh, and Coach Hood, every, every time I talk to him at the end of our pregame chat, and ask him keys to the win. He said, you're not going to like it. It's a broken record or something along that line. Right. But one of the first things he always says, got to stop the run. Got to stop the run. Every week, got to stop the run. He knows that success on offense is based on running the ball. It makes the passing game even better. And I know he's going to say that this week. Got to stop the run. Now, by stopping it, you don't have to hold them to zero yards, but they can't have 225, 250 need to keep them in the 150, 175 range, and then don't let the passing game open up, force a couple of turnovers, then I think that's the avenue to a championship for the Racers. Yeah, and, and I honestly think one thing that JSU has been a little prone to 
this year is some high-scoring games. Uh, even against Eastern Illinois, that game really wasn't put out of reach until the middle of the second half. And so I th- think the, that was, what, 44-23? Huge bounce Something back. Something like that, win. but it's, it's a seven-point game late in the third quarter. Right. It's so one possession. Yeah, so it's a huge bounce-back win for JSU on the road after losing at home to Austin P. But that's also a situation where it's like you look at that score and it's like, ooh. They're prone to kind of give up some yards. You know, you you can hit the big play on them. Whereas in years past against JSU, man, hitting the big play was just felt like this monumental task. Right. Uh, we say these things and we get thirteen to seven on Sunday. <laughs> right. All this prognostication right. you and I have—that's how sports works. But there is a chance for this to be kind of a, a knockdown, dragout fight. I think just from an on- offensive standpoint. I don't think either team will score twenty. I'll be shot. Okay. That's what. I, that's my guess. Okay. You think it'll play tight? I do. With that much on the line, maybe. But I, I think Murray. One thing that I will say is, number one, Murray State's undefeated on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, they are. I've, I've, I've had a lot of people, you know, hear that. I've been hearing that, and then uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the big time talk is that just just the situation that this team finds itself in. Again, you're right, Neil. Six weeks ago, who would have thought that the Racers would find themselves with a chance to win a championship? Uh, it's not me. I, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not trying to be rude. I just thought I there had been. I, I just didn't see it. Uh, not not attacking any one specific player. Well, we didn't know what we had. That's my thing. I had no idea what they had. Co- Coach Hood said the same thing earlier this week know. in the OVC uh, in the OVC uh, podcast that they uh-huh. have the 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 media availability in right. the middle of the week. Um, he answered this question. Adam Wells, WPSD Local Six Sports, actually. Uh, specifically, I asked Coach, "Did you really expect to be in this situation?" And you know, you know, here you are at the end of the year with a chance to win a title. Did you think you had the guys on this roster to do it? And uh, the answer that Coach Hood gave him was, "Well, we didn't know what we had on this roster. We weren't sure. Um, you know, you because of the buy-in, you, you got to have that buy-in. Like you have to figure out, like, okay, well." You can do this, but are you going to do this? And, uh, yeah, they are. I know. <laughs> That's where yeah. we are. So yeah. it's just crazy to think about from a championship perspective, you know, where we stand right now with Murray State football. It's really kind of a unique scenario uh, and really exciting time. Uh, Sunday, just from a weather perspective, looks like it's going to be really pretty. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a lot of rain on Saturday, I think. But Sunday looks like it's going to be really clear, really crisp. Maybe a little, little little cooler than we've seen over the, the last couple of weeks, uh, but that makes for great football weather. And so it's going to be a critical, critical situation. I'm expecting a pretty solid atmosphere. I, I think so. I mean, there's a limit to how many they can let in, but right. I believe they'll let in the max. I think the most that can be admitted into the stadium will be admitted in, and uh, it should should be a terrific game. Both of, these, both of these teams have played so well this season, and they're both very deserving of uh, going up against one another at this point. Uh, you know, Austin P's playing well. They had two bad losses. Yeah. And that's the reason that they're not playing for a championship. And neither of these teams have a bad loss. As it turns out, they've each lost to the 25th-ranked team in the nation. Teams that have won championships, Murray State women's soccer. My goodness, Neil. My goodness, wow. So this past week, Murray State women's soccer actually finished out a 9-1 regular season campaign. They are the outright 2021 OVC champions. Uh, their lone loss, a road defeat at Jacksonville State, 
where Jacksonville State really just kind of played better for 90 minutes and won, I believe, 2-1. to one. Um, one of those situations where they just, you know, that just was just not a great road game for them. But since then, Neil, this team has just been absolutely rolling on fire. Uh, key road wins, I believe at SEMO, at SIU Edwardsville, and now all of a sudden you find yourself as outright OVC champs, undefeated at home. Your tournament's at home now here in two weeks. I believe that's April 15th, 16th, and 17th. Right. Is that right? Yeah. So big-time situation for Murray State women's soccer as they host the 2021 OVC Championship at Cutchin Field. And the team that beat them won't be there. Right. Didn't make it. Didn't make it. And so that's where you're looking at. Here, Here's what you're looking at from a statistical standpoint. Chloe Bornhouse, a freshman, just had a hat trick, I believe, in the last regular season victory against Eastern Illinois. She finished by leading the team with seven goals in the regular season. Rebecca Kubin, four goals, three assists as a senior. Big-time performance for her this year. Uh, they outscored teams, Neil, 23-9. to nine. I know you'd like to see games where there's that much scoring in general. In, in, in a game. In a single game. Yeah. But that's just not how soccer works. But when you look at the breadth of work, you know, 90 minutes times 10 games, 923 to 9, that is outstanding when you double up your opponents on the season. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jenna Villacris uh, in the goal, two shutouts, uh, 775 save percentage. Um, really, really outstanding defense. Nine goals maybe over 10 games. You probably wish that was just a, a tick lower couple of games that maybe were a little bit more high-scoring than you expected, but two shutouts out of 10 games and a 775 save percentage is really good. So this is a situation where racer soccer finds itself not only on its home turf, its home territory. Uh, they've won an OVC championship on their turf, uh, if I'm not mistaken, two out of the last four years, uh, so. and then one of them at UT Martin. So it's a really, really big-time scenario uh, for Coach Matt Lodge and, and that squad, and I'm I'm really excited for them. Uh, I'm actually hoping to catch a couple of those games. Um, as a matter of fact, more than I think about the schedule, I think I'm going to be able to catch a couple of those games. Yeah, uh, and see how they go. Yeah, that's a, like for next week. We'll have. A, hmm, I'm not sure when we'll tape. Could we tape on Friday? Is that a doable thing? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, because uh, they play at 11 a.m. Thursday. Yeah. And then I can't do it Wednesday. Ooh. So we may have to. We may do that. We have to move to Friday, and then we'd know the result. Yeah, we would. Yeah, so I like this. We're actually we'll we're actively brainstorming. Yes. We are also actively watching. We both have been eyeing the scoreboard as this has been going down. And I will say, with one minute to go, Marshall County leads Pikeville 54-47. Um when we release this podcast, obviously we'll know the winner, but it's just been exciting to kind of watch it. We've been eyeballing it yes. every time, and it's been a tight game. Pike, I just hit the other free throw, 55-47. The one thing that I will say, Marshall County has really struggled to shoot the basketball in the second half. Some key turnovers, key missed free throws that could have made this a, a wider margin. But, yeah, two huge free throws from Jada Driver uh, at the one-minute mark gives them an eight-point lead, and Pikeville actually just turned it over. An unfortunate turnover by Trinity Rose. And Casey so, Connor, though, 11 of 13 at the line. So she's like, hey, if you're going to talk about missed free throws, please don't mention my name. Don't mention me. So <laughs> 55-47 with 39 seconds to go. Uh, looks like Marshall County may advance, but we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a few minutes. But I uh, want to talk a little bit about baseball season. No, uh, no, 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 no. Oh, uh, Murray State baseball. Yeah. Yes, let's talk about uh, baseball. Yeah, you and I have talked a little bit about Murray State baseball, and I want to bring up – I want to bring this up. You said – 
correct me if I'm wrong, they're in first outright. They are in first place. Yes. Unbelievable. Yep. And I want to bring up some numbers here really quick. So what you end up having, well, first of all, they were down seven to Bellerman in the midweek game. They were. And came back and won 11 to eight. They did. Why do I know that? Oh. I know why I know that. It's because I've actually been paying attention to a lot of numbers. Yeah, they're Murray six and three, Morehead State in second at four and two. So I mean it's it's a close race, but still in first. Here's, if they keep winning, no one can catch them. Here's the right. Here's the one thing that I like about baseball season this year is that I feel like there's just an eternity of baseball left. As a matter of fact, let's take a look at the schedule really quick. Murray State still has its series with SEMO this weekend. A midweek game with Kentucky State, then a doubleheader, well, the series with Belmont, then another midweek game with Bellarmine at Louisville. That'll be fun. Then you have your series with EKU, your series with Moorhead State, a four-game series with Moorhead State, and then a midweek game with Belmont on May 4th? Yeah, I think they kind of crammed all this in, Ed, because they thought COVID's situation would be better. Yeah. So they trying to kind of shoved it on down the road. It turns out to be a good idea because – COVID generally is doing a lot better in terms of number of vaccinations, and uh, there haven't been really any baseball issues to speak of. Murray State's final baseball game isn't even until May 21st. There's a solid seven weeks of baseball remaining. Yeah, they're just, just now getting going. Really? And the, and the, uh, the exciting thing, too, that uh, you and I can briefly talk about here, Murray, uh, baseball, if Murray State is one of the four teams, correct me if I'm wrong, it's four teams yep. in the baseball if Murray State stays in the top four, they will make the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament, which is set to play May 25th, a Tuesday, all the way to May 30th, a Sunday. The OVC Tournament just announced, the OVC uh, officials just announced that uh, I believe it's at the park. The, is it called the ballpark? Jackson, Tennessee, yeah. In Jackson, Tennessee. Yeah. Where the Jackson Generals We kind of hinted on that last week. But we, we did. We didn't have anything official. We didn't know for sure. That's right. We didn't know for sure. Well... <laughs> One of us didn't know for sure. I can't take credit for that. You you, you have way better inside sources at the OVC than I do. I simply just try to read tea leaves. Okay. Um, and I've had a lot of time to read tea leaves lately. So, um, But a really exciting scenario for Murray State Baseball. But you, we've already mentioned it. The calendar, I don't mean this like this sounds, there's still room for error. Oh, there's room to be awesome, and there's room to be not so awesome. Okay, let's get on to next season. I right. mean, And that's for everybody. So... EKU, they're in the bottom. They're leaving anyway. Who cares? But let's uh, move on to them. Tennessee Tech's next to the bottom. They're 5-7. and seven. They're usually one of the better teams in the league, so there's still a ton of time for them to turn their season around and get into the top four. But here's where the pressure comes in. Normally, that's not pressure. This year, to get in the top four, that's a lot of pressure. Oh, it's a lot of pressure. Because Absolutely uh, a lot of pressure. You know, normally, one of the top eight, hey, we're going to get in there, or top six, however they do it. Uh, but they, yeah, there's going to be a little bit more of a, a curveball thrown in there, so to speak. And uh, there's really not any team that's totally out of it. EK used a little more of a tough spot at 4-8, and eight, but uh, still could make it. Murray State men's and women's golf, I think, have been playing fairly well in the spring. I do believe, don't the women host their... Like today, starting today? They, they host their tournament, I believe. The Jane Weaver is this weekend, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And then the men just had theirs. And, and uh, Belmont won it. Belmont, Belmont won it. Didn't Austin Knight lead the racers in scoring? Yeah. Uh, finished, I believe, with a three under. Thanks. Is so. that correct? 
Neither of them are having great seasons. Let's just be brutally honest about it. They're okay, no, I mean, but not great. You you want to be playing a little bit better heading into the OVC tournament. That's but the key. There's still time. There is, yes. I mean, the spring, when is the OVC tournament for men's and women's golf? You know, you know, I usually know my golf, Ed, uh, but th- this particular time I do not have those dates. So well, I'm not sure. it, it's, not, it's not yet. I can tell you that. I know no. it's in the next, I think it's in the next like three or four weeks, though, if I'm not mistaken. But I believe you're right. Um. You'd love to send Eddie Hunt out on the right note. Obviously, he's announced his retirement. Yes. That would be incredible. Uh, you've got a chance to do that. Oh, Pikeville just hit a three. Thirteen seconds Ooh. to go, though. Whew. Man, they didn't. They not. They did not go away. Well, no kidding. It's tight. Yeah, Marshall County is up fifty-six, fifty-two with thirteen seconds to go. Ooh. And Pike's in a timeout. They just hit the three to cut it to from seven to four. But honestly, you're. You get to these state tournament games. You're not. You're not usually ever against a bad team. No. Uh, occasionally, you do get. They just happen to be the the best team in a region, and and they're not real good. But more often than not, they're there for a reason. And and uh, you kind of get this. Hey, we're not going away. We 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 came up here to win games. That's what Pike's getting right now, uh, or giving to Marshall County. Speaking of coming up here to win games, uh, Neil, after opening day, I thought St. Louis was coming up to Cincinnati to win games. And they did. They took opening day. They they shelled Luis Castillo, yeah. our best pitcher. And then what happened, Neil? I I think um, we all got our vaccinations that night, and then we had um, complications from the shots, <laughs> and we sucked for a week. But then they wore off, and then to get to Miami, and uh, they rolled with a sweep. That's what that's what I think happened. No one has given any fact along that line. I'm just throwing that out there. Because certainly we weren't so bad we lost to the Reds. I get it. You're beating up on the Pirates. But who doesn't? I mean, they're essentially a minor league franchise in Pittsburgh. Which is sad. I just want to go on that little diatribe for a brief moment. Pittsburgh is one of the oldest clubs in Major League Baseball. They were around the same time that Cincinnati and St. Louis Mm -hmm. formed Major League Baseball, they were are one of the oldest clubs in in Major League Baseball and one of the worst. Right. And I don't get it because over the last 10 to 15 years, there have been some true studs come out of there. Oh, now they just can't really afford to keep those guys. If they're any good, they end up going to free agency. It, it's difficult to hang on to them. It, it, uh, I don't get it. It's They're in a small market, and it's, it's tough. Is Andrew McCutcheon going to be the last big-time star? Oh, there will be somebody else. I mean, Josh Bell's good, yeah. but he's now at Washington. Yeah, there will be somebody. Uh, keep Brian Hayes. Does, can can they keep him? I, I mean, the not. longer he develops, the better he gets. He's their starting third baseman, right? Yeah. He's, I, he's I good. Know. I don't really know. Uh, they're still, but I mean, you know, Shirley Martin, who's a dear friend, been a Pirates fan since she was a kid, but that was back when they were good. Bill Mazeroski, World Series, that's when she, you know, uh, was there, uh, became a huge fan. But other than the We Are Family teams, uh, it's it's been kind of slim pickings, at least lately. Obviously, there's not much clarity since opening day. We have, still have like 155, 154 games to go, but I think the number one thing for me is that I, I think, number one, I'm never going to count St. Louis out. It's fun to go now, but it's literally six games into the season. Number two, I, I do think the Reds' offense will be good this year. I, I, I mean, it's if I had a mild early take, uh, I think it. You know, we did a really good job against the middle 
pitching of St. Louis. We did a really good job against any pitching from, you know, Pittsburgh. Uh, but that'll certainly change. I mean, I mean, are we going to be able to handle Dodgers pitching? Can we handle San Diego pitching? Can we handle, you know, even Cubs or the Reds, you know, or, or St. Louis in St. Louis? I mean, my God, we can never win in St. Louis. It's impossible to win there. Uh, what I do like is that the Reds have clubbed 14 homers in the first six games. That leads They're major, rolling. That leads Major League Baseball. Um but we can't have the balloon tactics from Luis Castillo at the top of the lineup. We just can't. We can't have him give up a six spot in the opening game. You know, I mean, that, that that's the situation that I see us in. Is if we're if we're not pitching, we're just we're not going to win. We can have the best offense in Major League Baseball and still finish five hundred uh, because we're just not going to win the big time games against quality quality opponents. You're right. Jokes aside, it's easy to go sweep the Pirates. Yeah, they're they're not real good. Let's go sweep the Dodgers. Now we'll now we'll actually be told. Let's go sweep San Diego, which unfortunately maybe that be with, excuse me maybe without the services of uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. for a hot minute. Aloy Jimenez has been hurt, yeah, uh, and will be out probably five to six months. Like it's baseball has already taken a couple of key hits to its young guys, um, and I don't I don't like that. But we knew that that was a possibility with the tight schedule they played last year and the quick turnaround. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to fault that. Uh, baseball started on time this year. That's a plus. You know, knock on wood. Blessing. Looks like they're going to play pretty much the whole schedule based on you know, you know the vaccination schedule of the teams and stuff. Uh, unless something happens, we're unaware of at this point. I don't expect there to be any major issues this year. No, I, I don't and either. Fans should month to month they should start allowing more and more in. Except in Texas, they'll already allow anybody that wants to go in. I, I've got my opinions there. I'll just keep them to myself. I, I think it's just a little early. I think it was. I think it's one thing to be fifty or sixty percent capacity. Uh, I think it's another thing to be at forty three thousand plus, and we'll just bring everybody in. It's it's Texas, though. What do you expect? I'm not. I'm not remotely surprised it. by it. I, I know, and I get it. I, look, I get it. In certain, I'd be more comfortable with Kentucky than Texas. Kentucky actually is vaccinating quickly. Uh, Kentucky is actually trying to get its vaccines out for free quickly. Yeah. Uh, even and there's if you a have great to go schedule. To, if you, even if you have to go to Hopkinsville to get yours, yes. Yeah, I, I had to go to Calvert City for mine. Yeah. And so I would have liked for that to have been in Murray. Uh, don't get me wrong, but yeah. I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. And I, I was think, one of the many people who signed up when they came out. Right. Never got a call. Never got a text. Which is odd to me. So at some point, someone's going to need to tell us, hey, we screwed up and we dropped the ball because somebody did. Yeah, Everyone else was vaccinating people and they weren't here, and you can dance around it all you want. Something happened somewhere yeah. that caused this no, to not go as well as it should have. No, it's a good point. Uh, and I, I realize they'd never done it before. It's like, well, the last time, well, we never done a pandemic yeah. vaccination. So that part I get, but at least somebody come up and go, hey, here's what happened. We're sorry. We finally rectified it. Now we're rolling. Well, just just getting back to the state of Kentucky, I just I do want to give them a nod because I mean, not only are we rolling through some vaccinations, but I I would if somebody told me, hey, we're we're gonna have fifty to sixty percent capacity uh, for a major league baseball game, and we're gonna do it in Louisville, I, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable, even though Jefferson County probably had more cases than anybody else in the state per capita, and so. For me, though, because the vaccine has been so prevalent in Kentucky, okay, if you told me 50 or 60% of a baseball game, whoo, buddy. Yeah. In and Kentucky, honestly, I'd, I'd feel comfortable. For baseball, most of the time, that's going to be enough. True. Most of the baseball games aren't going to draw over that. That's true. And it's the same with Texas. 
Full capacity is allowed. It's like, have you looked at the Rangers' attendance? They're not going to draw 50,000. <laughs> they're just not going to. Now, I realize there may be more in there, there that some people feel comfortable with, but they're not packing them in. No, they're, they're not. just not going to. Now, Bush opening day, yeah. If like today, if you said everyone that can come in, there'd be 50,000 people in Yeah, what are they doing right now? 35, or is uh, it less than that? Like, I think it's less than that, I think. Maybe 25, something something along that we're line. Ho- we're hoping to get to a, a St. Louis game sometime yeah. this summer. We're going to – I get my second vaccination in the middle of April, so I'm really looking forward to I got to mine – just for an update, I, I had mine Tuesday. Had no issues until yesterday about noon. Started to get a little on, on a chill side. Took my temperature multiple times. Had a little bit of a fever, 996 which is barely went to bed early, got up this morning, no fever, uh, arms a little sore. Other than that, no, no issues at all. So fully, fully vaccinated, not, uh, I, I guess fully protected for another two weeks from this past Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, and I'm glad we're talking about that because it's, it's kind of a sports thing right now. Uh, the NBA, uh, I believe has had one case declared over the last 780 tests. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is still, uh, certainly prevailing in certain parts of America, but the big big thing right now is vaccination. Uh, I can tell you my symptoms. Um, I, I had some chills on the first night, couldn't really get warm. Next day, I had a lot of headaches. That's on first shot? First shot, yeah. I yeah. had no issues. With yeah, I had, a, I had a headache, a severe headache uh, with some minor joint pain. Kind of felt like flu-ish. Uh, didn't ever want to throw up, though. Certainly had no problems with an appetite. Uh, and then day three, day two, day three, started to really turn the corner and I was fine. So uh, everybody's different. You know, everybody's going to experience different, but I highly recommend getting ready to go as we move forward with life. And I have, uh, I know several people, most of them are younger, who say they're not getting it. And that's that's fine. That, what Everyone has to make their own decision. But, but my deal is, as of Monday, this past Monday, everyone can get one. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you, th- this, this is just my take. I'm going to give you a month to get it. Give you two months to get fully inoculated, and Memorial Day weekend, it's mask-free Neil, and you'll just, sorry. If you don't allow a mask in your business, I won't come in. But yeah. that's that's the way it's going to work for me. Yeah. And Andy can do what he wants, or whoever wants can do what they want. But that way, everyone's got a chance to get it. And that's unless something else, if something else happens, that's different. But uh, I don't think, I think most people are of the mind that if I'm fully vaccinated, everyone else has had a chance to be fully vaccinated, and we're still going to have to do all this other stuff all the time, then what's the point of even getting it? So you're going to have to let go of the reins and let it happen. Yeah. Well, like I agree with you. you got to go get it. You know, that's uh, I'll agree with you there. So back to a little bit of sports, as we've now had a conclusion. Marshall County wins. Yes, 56-52. to 52. Case and Connor, 22 points, 12-15 of 15 at the line. Leading yeah. rebounder, by the way, Sophie Galloway. Just wanted to throw that in. She had eight. It's fine. She's terrific. She had eight. Oh, you got to breathe a sigh. Twelve from Driver. You've got to breathe a sigh of relief if you're the Lady Marshals. Yeah. Read us off those shooting stats for the second half for the Marshals because uh, it was not great in the second half. Where is that? Uh, let's see. Half percentage. Yeah, they had twenty-five percent from the field. Five of twenty. Twenty-five from three range. One of four. And um, gosh, only twelve of twenty-five. Forty-eight percent at the line. Yeah. So uh, kind of ugly there in the second half. Yet they still won uh, 14-6 advantage in points off turnovers. That was one of the big differences. Well, it was in ten. It was ten nothing at half. And so they were rebounded thirty to twenty nine. Yeah. So they, they they eked out a win. Yeah. And, and that's fine. And, and probably shouldn't have just survive in advance. Survive. You know. Yeah. They'll maybe get Bethlehem. I don't know enough about uh, the Bullet East team that they're playing, but I know Bethlehem's pretty good. So uh, they'll they'll. Yeah. 
get one of those teams the first game Friday night. Yeah, it's a Bethlehem team that they actually lost to to start the season. If you're Aaron Beth, you're probably not pleased with the shooting percentages in the second half, particularly after being up. Uh, at one point, you were up as much as 12 uh, before yeah. coming away with this close win. But you got to give Pikeville a lot of credit. Uh, I did see a little bit of video footage on my way over here for the podcast, was seeing how that was going. And, uh, you know, Pikeville, what they shoot from three? Well, let's see, three. They hit seven out of 14. Yeah, that's not bad. That's how they hung around. Yeah, 50%. Marshall, four of 12. Yeah. You like the orange Marshall color, Ed? Yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. You know, I was part of that, right? You do know that. Yeah, you weren't you? You were, a, you. you were a South Marshall Indian. I was South Marshall Indian. Oh, my God. What an idiot. South Marshall Rebel. I realize it's not PC, but oh, it's a rebel. They were rebels. Bitten they were Indian. Bitten North Indians. Marshall Jet. That's right. Yeah, I'm Mr. Anti-PC. I'm a South Marshall rebel. Brewers Redmen. So I don't know where I could go for. Uh, I forgot it was the Bitten for Indians. college. I, the racers obviously messed up there. I should have gone somewhere that would offend other people, <laughs> but I don't really know what that would be right I, now. I forgot that it was the South Marshall Rebels. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, it was, it was part of the uh, Bitten the, uh, Indians. They formed a city. Uh, not city. They formed a committee. From all the schools, uh, a couple of student council members, and uh, we got together with recommendations, took them to the school board. And at the time, you have to realize, you know, now we know, oh, it's orange and Hopkins. Oh, there were no orange colors that we were aware of. Right. Then uh, found out later, well, Hopkinsville's orange. Well, we didn't know that at the time. We, no one ever played Hopkinsville, so I had no idea. So uh, we came up with orange because we thought when you roll into the regional tournament, it's orange. You don't have to go, is that is that Graves County? Is that is that you knew who it was, is right? That, is that Tillman? And you know who it, you know who it is, right? Yeah. When Orange rolls in and you're at a regional tournament, oh. you have to guess who it is. No, it's Marshall. So we did exactly what we said. But I remember, uh, I may have told this before, so I'm going to bore people again. I remember going to the board meeting where we were presenting our results, and we had come up with Marshall County Marshals. Uh, that's for whatever reason. Sure. And you could basically see the school board. They were really, I think they, if they could have punched us in the face and expelled us from school, they would have done it. They weren't happy with that. They weren't happy with anything we gave them. And then, I don't remember who it was, someone among us had art talent, and they pulled out our, the artist renderings of the uniforms, and then they handed the football helmets with a white helmet with the orange star and an orange helmet with a white star, and they put blue in there too. And that's when the Dallas Cowboys were hot. Yeah. And ka-ching! Soon as those dudes saw that, they're in. They're all in. They were bought in. But that shows how graphics can sell something. I, I learned that lesson at 18 years old because we weren't winning. I think they were just going to go, okay, get out of here. We're going to name it what we want to name it. But from then on, I was like, yeah, like the colors, like the name. Definitely want the star on the helmet, and we're that's the where they went. They yeah. were the marshals from that point on. That's crazy. Last thing I want to close with here, um, Neil, is that the Memphis Grizzlies are playing some outstanding basketball right now. Ja, uh, ja Morant certainly, you know, struggling here a little bit. I will say he's been battling, uh, you know, some some nicks and bruises and things like that. Did he have a thirty-six point game the last week though? Yeah, he had a thirty-six point game last week uh, okay. against the best team in the West, the Utah Jazz. But this is what I want to bring that up. I'm glad okay. you brought that up. Right. So since the middle of March, Memphis has won eight games out of the last 11. Their only three losses are to the Utah Jazz. They've nice. beaten everybody else in that stretch. They are 26-23 and 23 and firmly clinging to that 7-8 seed spot right now. 
they have now shot up from a 36% chance to at least make the play-in game to a 70% chance because they've won eight of their last 11 games. Great. They've been playing some terrific basketball. Big win last night against the Atlanta Hawks, 131-113. Morant played 31 minutes, shot 61%, made two of three from the arc, had 19.7 assists and seven rebounds. And that was after a first half where he only had two points and three rebounds. Or, two, excuse me, two points and three assists. Okay, big second half. Big second half uh, for, for Memphis and, and their team. And that's... Talk about big second half. They're wanting to have a big second half to their season. If they can go 500 from this point or better, uh, as some of their guys start to return, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. has announced he will try to return toward the end of April. If they can get their full rotation healthy, Brandon Clark back in the mix. You know, Jaron Jackson, Justice Winslow has been nursing some uh, some thigh soreness. If they get everybody in their rotation, they're doing this with rotation guys right now. Like he like key reserves, uh, are playing key minutes right now. Uh, they they get some of their starters back, some of their aces in the hole. It's going to be really interesting to see kind of where they – where they are we going to see Memphis back in the playoffs again? I don't know. Hard to rule it out right now. Mathematically, they look like they might make it. So, we'll see. The West is crazy. Uh, you've had already so many different changes at the, at the trade deadline. Uh, that God knows what's going to happen moving forward. The Nets look unstoppable. The Lakers obviously aren't healthy. Clippers are good. You know, Golden State looks like it might get back in the playoffs. Dallas is good. Um, East-West, it's just a bunch of chaos right now. Uh, But Memphis certainly trying to forge their place as a top eight team in the West. And right now, uh, at 26 and 23, look like they might do it. Hope so. So we'll see. Neil? We'll have a lot to talk about next week. We uh, we'll have the Lady Marshals. We'll see where they've gone uh, as far as their uh, state tournament hopes lie. Do you want to go ahead and tell people that are listening right now, I did have an interview with Aaron Beth, Lady Marshals head coach, uh, and uh, also talked to Berlin Brower pre-state tournament. They, of course, had a great run that ended in the Elite Eight, so you're, you're more than welcome to listen to those podcasts. Uh, drop by FTW Inquired. Uh, is uh, what you'll have to search on Google, anchor.fm backslash FTW Inquired. We appreciate all the lit- listeners. It's been it's it's been fun so far. I think so, and I think we may have some Murray State basketball next week. Yeah, we, we didn't have any this week. We, we ju- set a record. We, we, we just might. We might. Bye. See you, Neil. <laughs>